Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Week edition of the Believe in Blazers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Brian Wheeler here, your cordial host, and we are joined by one of the trusted members of Terry Stott's staff with the Blazers. Speaking, of course, of Jim Moran. Coach, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you, Wheels? I'm doing fine as well. We're in between, of course, games uh, uh, two and three, and the opportunity now to come home for a couple. So that's the fun part. You split the two games in Denver, which uh, at the very least was what you wanted to do. Uh, Tell me, first of all, your thoughts on games one and two. Uh, Denver obviously made some adjustments, as the losing team often does from game one to game two. But uh, I guess uh, overall, if, uh, you know, even though you probably would have loved to have won two, getting the split was certainly uh, at least a good thing to gain home gain home with advantage in the series now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, getting out there, uh, getting that first game was was big. It was important. Um, you know, to your point about the adjustments, they were uh, they came out a lot more physical in that second game. Um you know, created a lot of turnovers. Uh, we did a good job. Game one, taking care of the ball, moving it, finding open shots. Uh, game two, they were a lot more physical. Uh, they were a lot more aggressive uh, with their pick and roll coverages and just kind of came after us and caught us a little off guard. Uh, they generated turnovers. And, you know, I think uh, I think it's something that these last couple of days, just being around our players, they're, they're aware of. You know, I, I don't think uh, it's your job as a coach to obviously say it, but they, they, they all know it. Um, you know, you see a lot of guys nodding their head as you're as you're telling them about it. So I definitely think they're aware of it, locked in and prepared. So, uh, yeah, I think everyone's just excited to get back in the Moda Center. We're going to have some fans and, you know, kind of get that that place rocking again, like like it, it normally is throughout the, the regular season and the, and the playoffs in the past. So I think guys are excited for that. Our Believe in Blazers podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. There are some great, uh, uh, great uh, prop bets available for the playoffs as well. So head to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today. You'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, so, Coach, it seems like, uh, and that's the fascinating thing about the playoffs, the adjustments from one game to the other when you're when you're playing the same team for potentially seven games, and you guys have had a pretty good playoff rivalry with these Nuggets, a uh, seven-game series two years ago, and and now uh, even through the first two games of this series. Obviously, we know Nikola Jokic is, is such a, a, a prime contributor to everything that they do, especially with Jamal Murray uh, not being available. Uh, they, You guys were able to get him in the first game in a position where he was scoring some, but he wasn't being uh, really the guy that kind of got other people involved. He got some more assists in game two. Was there anything they were doing differently to kind of uh, – get him to be able to get all their guys, all their five starters and double figures? Uh, yeah, I think they kind of played more pick and rolls with him. Um, their guards were more aggressive and were attacking. Uh, you know, they didn't run as many sets to kind of post him up. They did occasionally out of timeouts and stuff. But, you know, they they really just kind of put him in the position a lot of times uh, with some of their transition stuff or early offense. They kind of get him the ball up top and allow him to be a playmaker. Um, you know, I think they did a good job trying to adjust, and I'm, I'm sure Coach Malone was, you know, talking about the importance of, of those other guys contributing, um, especially with us trying to, you know, limit their uh, contributions and, and, and make uh, Jokic just kind of carry the brunt of it. But, uh, you know, I, I think Mike Malone had a comment after the first game about, you know, you can't have assists if guys don't make shots. And I think he really challenged those other guys to kind of step up and, and, and contribute more. And they did a, did a heck of a job in game two. Damien, of course, was fabulous in the first half of uh, 
the game the other night, essentially kind of keeping you guys close in the game. And then uh, they make an adjustment at halftime. I guess uh, from uh, what we hear afterwards, Aaron Gordon comes to the coaching staff and asks for uh, the chance to guard Damien a little bit. Was that something you guys thought could potentially happen in the series? Gordon, a guy that uh, uh, picks, has picked up the trade deadline, tells everybody with the Nuggets that he wants to be a defensive presence uh, for their team, didn't worry about his offense. Uh, and was there anything that he did special to uh, cut Damien's offense a little bit? He didn't score as many points in the second half, but was there anything that you guys didn't expect or certainly something you guys can adjust to, but was that a surprise at all that Gordon was placed on Damien for, for that second half? Uh, not really. Uh, we had talked about that uh, in our preparation leading up to game one. Uh, we, we thought we'd see that at some point. Um, they've, they've had, you know, obviously not having Will Barton or PJ Dozier or, uh, or Jamal Murray, you know, they're, they don't have as, as, as much depth off their bench. So we, we kind of thought their rotations would change a little bit, uh, different lineups, uh, big lineups, small lineups. Uh, you know, we, we kind of had an idea that at some point Aaron Gordon might be guarding CJ or Dame, uh, whether it be directly on a pick and roll or, or, you know, on a switch or just, you know, different, different, uh, schematical stuff. But yeah, I think, I think we knew it was coming. Um, you know, Dame with Dame had it going, so much in that first half, uh, obviously, you know, having Aaron Gordon on him, uh, sending other guys, you know, if it was a Jokic pick and roll, Jokic stayed with Dame a little bit longer. Um, I think, you know, they did a good job. They really keyed on, on in on getting the ball out of Dame's hands. Um, they were going to make him work for everything. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a good adjustment. And I think that's something that, you know, we're, we have the time now to adjust to that adjustment and, and, you know, going forward, like you said, it's a playoff series. It's, it's you know, the best of seven. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of these, you know, counter moves. Uh, it's kind of like a chess game here and you're just trying to figure out, you know, where you can exploit the, the matchups the best. So, you know, going forward, I think, uh, you know, he, the, he did a good job on them defensively, but we had dug ourselves such a hole with our, you know, our defense at that point that it was just trying to play catch up. And like you said, he really kind of just kept us hanging around. Uh, we cut the lead to four and they go on an eight 0 run right before the half. So, you know, it, it, he did a good job defensively, but I think there was a lot of stuff defensively that, that we weren't very good at that also contributed. Speaking of adjustments, I think people would be curious about if you're in a playoff series like this, what happens in between games? So you guys played uh game two on Tuesday. You don't always have two days in between uh, games, but uh, excuse me, on Monday, and you had Tuesday off, Wednesday, today off, and then, of course, you'll play game three tomorrow. Uh, so uh, you guys came right home after the game Monday night, which was fairly typical after uh, the end of, a, end of a road trip or any any games on the road. So uh, t- take us through what happened uh, yesterday and, and what to, what went on today in terms of preparation for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you get in a playoff uh, environment, a playoff you know, setting and, and obviously the rotations start to change. Guys are playing more minutes. There's less guys playing. Um, so, for example, yesterday was pretty much a day off for, you know, rotation guys, guys that are logging heavy minutes. It was more tight day. Um, it was optional, but, you know, a lot of our younger guys or guys that aren't playing a lot wanted to come in and get shots up and, and work on some things. So, you know, from their standpoint, it's kind of get what you need from the coach's standpoint. Obviously, we're in here meeting and, and watching the game and, and trying to, you know, game plan for, for game three, game four going forward. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's, we talked about this actually uh, when we were in Denver for five matches. With the play-in now, it's you know you're kind of out of advantage as far as preparation because you have a a whole week before your first game and you actually know your opponent. And when you look at the other teams like the you know the Utah Jazz is waiting to see who wins a Memphis Grizzlies, you know Golden State game and about the difference of. For Utah, you're preparing for Steph or you're preparing for John ja Morant, you know, one guy who is dynamic and can attack the rim and one guy who's dynamic and can, you know, shoot from anywhere on the court. So it's it's definitely a difference in how you want to approach that with, say, a pick and roll coverage. So, you know, we kind of just said we were in a good spot where we had four or five days of good practices and, you know, kind of stuff that we could work on and, and be ready that was specific to the Denver Nuggets. I mean, one of the disadvantages that you guys have had as a staff, uh, really all staffs, I guess, uh, during this pandemic era of the uh, of uh, getting a regular season taken care of, is that you really haven't had much time to get in practices. So they probably felt like uh, something that was uh, that was essentially uh, uh, just uh, almost a, a gift to, to be able to have that much time to be able to get in regular practices. Now, when you're in the midst of a series and you're in between games and you have a practice per se, you're not necessarily going you know, full out for two hours and, uh, you know, running, running sprints from end to end and so forth. So, uh, so is, is the practices, are they more of a, a walkthrough situation, a lot of film session, uh, that takes up a lot of the practice time once you get into these days in between games? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we watch a lot of film. Uh, it's more of a, a walkthrough environment. It's a lot of technical stuff. Um, you know, you just, more attention to detail. It's not about, you know, going through the reps at a high speed or getting a lot of reps. It's more about just really being detailed on, on what you're, what you're doing. Um, so I think it's good. It's just kind of guys are asking questions and, you know, it's where it's not game game speed per se, guys are really engaged about, you know, Hey, well, this happened at one time during the game. What do you think we should do here? Or, you know, you can really kind of tailor it just to the specific opponent, which was nice. Um, so, yeah, having the two days off, you know, kind of yesterday was more recoup and recovery day. And then today was kind of the, you know, let's let's iron out all the try and win game three. And so you talked about uh, the fact of getting back to Motor Center, which we know has been a tremendous home court advantage uh, throughout the years. And uh, just before the playoffs started, the opportunity was there for uh, uh, at least 10 percent capacity. Now. Uh, they're going to be opening up fully vaccinated sessions as well. So uh, sections, so that will give even more people a chance to come in. Uh, could you notice even with 10% capacity, just the difference in the, in the atmosphere in the building, just having some, some fans there and, and to, to be able to at least have some folks that were probably just, uh, just fully thankful to be able to come see a Blazers game in person again. Yeah, it, it was great. You know, our, our players definitely noticed it. They could definitely feel it. Um, you know, we were at 10% capacity, but it was still loud. Uh, you know, it, it's it's just such a nice change from the crowd noise they were pumping in uh, early in the year when it was an empty arena and, you know, you just have kind of generated crowd noise. It's, it's definitely nice to have the real thing, um, you know, to have the fans – kind of hearing them in timeouts. And obviously now there's going to be a lot more fans. Um, 
I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had either a opposing team coach or a referee or somebody say to me, you know, they kind of missed the fans at the Moda because they, they just kept talking about how loud it was and how great of an environment it is to play in. And, and this is coming from the opposing team or coming from an official. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Cause we, we say like guys like Robert Covington or guys like Derek Jones, Jr. Harry Giles, like they've never played in the arena with that blazer Jersey. So they don't really know what that vibe is like. They, they know what it's like playing against us, but you know, not, not having the fans cheer your name and, you know, it's going to be exciting for them to kind of get a taste of it. You know, you're obviously a fan of basketball to devote as much time in your life as, as you do and the energy that it takes to be a coach in this league. Uh, do you get a chance to watch any of the other playoff series or is your focus so, so uh, laser sharp on, on the series that you're involved in that you don't necessarily have a chance to, uh, to, to catch up on what's going on elsewhere around the league? No, it's, it's, you know, this is kind of as a, this is a coach's favorite time of the year. Um, you know, we're, we're in the office during the day and, and we're working on our stuff and, you know, I, I go home and, and I get to turn on the TV and watch games. And, uh, that was one of the best things we played. Uh, you know, being, it's like you got four games on and you're just able to just kind of, you know, be a nerd and, and watch basketball all day. And I don't know if I would be allowed to do that at my house with my wife and kids, <laughs> but on the road, anything goes. So it was great to just kind of, I, I, I mean, we all want, we, we all watch games. We all want to see this stuff and, and we're all fans of the game. So, you know, you're always kind of half scouting and half being a fan. So the playoff environment and it's chippy and it's fun to watch. You know, what's interesting about the playoffs is you can work all season long to work so hard to get home court advantage, to have one of the best records in your conference uh, and uh, to be the favorite team in a, in a particular uh, best of seven series in the opening round. And all it takes is one or two games to have all that go down the drain. And uh, you look at the Clippers and what as hard as they work to get, uh, you know, and, and some people were saying they were trying to maneuver to maybe get uh, a seed where they could avoid the Lakers in the first round. If they did that, maybe it's coming back to bite them a little bit because all of a sudden they've lost two games at home to Dallas and now the Mavericks are going home, maybe never having to travel back to Los Angeles again if things continue to go well. But, uh, but you know, if you're the Clippers, you're, you're just shaking your head like, after all season long, we worked so hard to get this home court advantage, and, and now we're down two games to none. And and the amount of teams that have come back from that kind of deficit, losing the first two games at home, is pretty rare. So uh, these things can change very quickly in the playoffs based on uh, as opposed to how hard you worked in the regular season to get things going your way. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, you know, I mean, you look at, a team like the the Warriors. I mean, in a normal season, they would have been an eight seed, and 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 they're not in the playoffs because you have a playing environment. So, you know, it's just a different. You know, it, things have changed. Um, the format's different. Like you said, you know, I think, you know, Phoenix is is having a historic year for their organization, and 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 the Lakers have some injuries late in the year, and now they're the seventh seed, and now you're playing a team fully healthy that arguably if they played a full season, maybe they're not the seven seed, you know? So it's, it's tough. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's just one of those things like you, you work all year and, and, and you try, like everybody says it, you just, you work well there. You know, I think they've, I've heard some of the stuff you were talking about as well with, with the Clippers trying to maneuver to avoid some scenarios, but you know, it's, 
you know, you, you got to be careful with that stuff because I don't know if Dallas uses that as, as motivation, but, you know, they go into L.A. and they take two and now they're going home. They're in the driver's seat. And, and, and that's been a fun series to watch. You know, we talked about uh, the tweaking that you do from game to game when you get into a best of seven series. When you played a team, you know, uh, this particular season because of uh, not having a full 82 games, uh, you played uh, nobody more than three times in the regular season, but uh, you know, you play them that many times in the regular season, then you have a, a best of seven series. Are there really any surprises that you can give a team at this point, or is the scouting so good in the NBA that uh, really it comes down almost to tweaking and execution at this point? Yeah, I think of a lot of it is is just tweaking certain things. I mean, you're not going to go fully away from what you've been doing for a full 72 in this case. Um, or normally an 82 game season, um, you might, you know, change some lineups or change some matchups, but you know, your, your offense is pretty much going to be some, you know, variation of what you've been doing for the, for the majority of the year um, and defensively as well. Now you might change certain things for a specific person, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, you just like in the regular season games come so fast, you don't have time to, you know, devote so much attention to every single game because you got another one the next night. And then there's one, you know, two nights after that, and you get to a playoff environment where you're just worried about one team. So obviously you get a lot more in depth and a lot more detailed of what you want to do. Well, I know you get to this point in this particular series and you've uh, done uh, done the work to be able to get home court advantage uh, when you didn't have it to start the series. I know the last thing you want to do is give it back. So uh, give me some keys to winning at least the next two and then being able to uh, to be put in a dominant position to win the series going back to Denver for a guy in game five. Uh, I, one thing, I mean, we got to raise our, our level of intensity. Uh, you know, they came out and just kind of hit us in the face and, and we didn't respond. Um, you know, we kind of looked surprised, which, you know, they're – they're clawing and fighting to get a win in a, in a playoff series. They're down 1-0. Um, I think we got to continue to have a mentality similar. Uh, we have to kind of play like we're an underdog. We're a six seed. They're a three seed. Um, you know, we're at home. Uh, we're going to have a great crowd. It's going to be loud. Uh, but, you know, I think that we just overall, we need to play better. We need to have a sense of urgency. Every possession matters. Every rebound matters. Um, every turnover matters. You know, it's not the regular season. It's not – you know, game 58 where you're in Oklahoma City on a back to back and you're, you know, you're trying to motivate yourself or your teammates like that. We, we need to know the severity of these games and how important they are. And, and we need to come out and and play like this is this is our season on the line. As we record this on Wednesday, game three is tomorrow night, Moda Center, 730 p.m. And game four an afternoon contest. Remember, on Saturday at 1 p.m. before going back to Denver for game five. Hopefully the Blazers will have a three games to one lead in the series at that particular point in time. Coach, thanks for the uh, update. Thanks for uh, uh, spending some time with us. I know it's a busy, busy time for you, and we appreciate uh, the input and uh, hopefully uh, some good uh, things to come here in the next couple of days uh, at Moda Center, and um, you'll get hopefully control of the series and move on for a long stay in this postseason before all is said and done. But, uh, but uh, thanks again for the time, and great to be able to talk with you again. Thanks for having me on, Wills. I miss you, man. It's good seeing you. I appreciate you having me on. Blazers assistant Jim Moran joining us on this edition of the Believe in Blazers podcast, which, of course, is brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. We'll be with you again on Friday. We'll certainly have uh, complete details of how game three turns out tomorrow night at Motor Center. Hope you get a chance to get out and watch the game in person and uh, be a great supporter of the Blazers' chances to go up 2-1 to one in this series. I'm Brian Wheeler. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Until then, so long, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.